Hi, I'm Gary Smith. Welcome back. Did you know that 80% of claims against home inspectors are meritless and that the best way to protect yourself is to inspect defensively? Today I spoke with Stephanie James of Inspector Pro Insurance. She shared the top five reported claims, and in order, here they are, water damage, roof, foundation, mold, and plumbing. You'd think that water damage and roof would be the same, and isn't plumbing in the same category? Well, listen and learn more about inspector liability and enjoy my conversation with Stephanie James. Welcome, Stephanie. Appreciate you Thank coming you. on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, so, I, you know, we can start, just jump right in. I want to start with, like, what's new in the industry? What, what's going on in your world that is new that you could share with inspectors, with our, 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 uh, our folks? So for home inspectors that don't know us, Inspector Pro Insurance is a home inspection insurance provider. We've been around for over 10 years. And we specialize in errors and emissions and general liability insurance for home inspection businesses. A lot has changed probably in the last like three to five years. Um, one of the things that we're seeing happening is the number of claims and the amount that claims are costing is starting to go down uh, because we're getting better at managing risk, preventing claims from happening and putting things in pre-inspection agreements that protect inspectors so that if we do have to go to arbitration or small claims court, what have you, we have some ironclad defenses ready to use. Um, Pre-claims assistance has done a lot. Uh, Pre-claims assistance is a program that we have that a few other competitors have, but essentially the purpose of it is to stifle client complaints before they turn into a claim. So Perfect. for us, a claim is a written demand for money. So if you don't have a written demand for money, if you just have an angry phone call, if you have somebody yelling and threatening you, but not explicitly demanding money in writing, you still have some wiggle room before your insurance carrier has to start treating it as a claim. Um, and with pre-claims assistance programs like ours, what we'll do is we'll have our claims team step in and start uh, trying to manage it and get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Help so that mitigate. The claim, yeah, yeah, so that the claim never ends up in your last run. And mm -hmm. over the last three years, we've had an 85% success rate, meaning 85% of the complaints we receive never get to the claim stage. So that's part of why Super. the number Super. of claims so, are starting that, to go down, which is so great. Overall, that translates into less claim payouts on your, on your side of it, obviously. So that means that rates are dropping. Right, so there's there's benefits for both sides. A lot of times people hear about pre-claims and they're like, that sounds too good to be true. And then we're like, well, honestly, like it helps us too. <laughs> right, sure, sure. Because uh, we don't want to have to deal with litigation either. Um, from a rate standpoint, um, rates are able to stay stagnant or at least not increase. Because what happens when you have a claim is claims are one of the things that underwriters take into account when calculating a rate. Sure. And even if you weren't at fault with the claim, it's there's usually a surcharge attached to just having one. So right. being able to prevent that from happening gives us leverage with the carrier saying, hey, they were able to handle everything at the pre-claim level. Their rate should stay the same. Yeah. So I'm, I'm reading as a general rule, 80% um, of claims are meritless. Talk mm -hmm. to me about that. 
So when we use the term meritless, and in the industry you also hear the term frivolous, what we mean when we use that word is the technical inspection was fine, but the inspector is still getting a claim. A really good example of this is um, bad client expectations. So let's say um, a home inspector is getting a claim for not finding mold when it clearly says in their inspection agreement and report, hey, I don't inspect for mold. The home inspector didn't do anything technically wrong, but they're still getting a claim because the client didn't have appropriate expectations. Same thing with, you know, they're getting a claim, you know, three years later saying, hey, my roof is defective. Well, I told you in the report that your roof was going to need some maintenance or else it would need to be replaced in a few years. That's interesting. But again, that, that, there's, yeah. there's a client misunderstanding. So a lot of the, the articles that we work on and a lot of the um, presentations that we do at shows focus on that client education piece. Because like I said, 80% of the time, it's that piece that mm-hmm, maybe needs mm-hmm. addressing. It, is that, is that not also kind of connected to the report writing and absolutely, the thoroughness of or, or lack of um, the, the, the report? So um, I've, I've read around a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll name these five and you tell me what it is. Water damage, roof, foundation, mold, and plumbing in that order. Yes. That, your top five claims? Right. So one of the things that we did um, a couple years ago is, like I said, we've been doing this for over 10 years, and we realized we had all this data. And uh, one of the questions that we had is, you know, gee, our claims team keeps saying that they're seeing kind of the same types of things over and over again, the same types of allegations. Why don't we pull all the data and actually see what types of claims people are receiving yeah, if we can warn, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. well it sounds logical but yeah until we did it no no insurance company had ever used their data and then shared yeah. their data with home inspectors but we figured okay if we keep it a secret then home inspectors can't really act on it so <laughs> so we we asked our carrier for permission we asked our claims team to share the data Obviously, we, we keep all the information and the claim scenarios that we use anonymous unless the home inspector gets us permission, but we took all that data and then basically separated claims by categories, like, okay, what's mm. this, what's that? And that's how we figured out what the top five claims are. We actually made a list of the top 12 as well, which we've been publishing on uh, this year in the Ashley Reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially what that did for us and what we hope it's doing for home inspectors is it helped us recognize, okay, 10 years in the business, these are the issues that keep coming up over and over and over again. And if you know what those issues are, those are issues you can focus on and things like your inspection reports or your sure. inspection agreements or the conversations you have. Cause it's one thing to say, Hey, set better expectations with clients. But if you don't know, what types of things to talk about with your clients. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many aspects to an inspection. Mm-hmm. You can't verbally tell your clients, like you can't, you can't basically bring them through training school with you. But if you focus on those issues, statistically speaking, you're gonna be a lot safer. So the, so, so the number one is water damage and that is the top uh, water damage, water intrusion, you mean um, spots in the ceiling, you know, that you think is water and discoloration and things of that nature, which sort of is related to roof, which is number two? Yes. So one of the articles that we did um, 
last year kind of talked about, you know, if you put water intrusion and roof together, most roof claims are roof leaks. Water intrusion is accounting for over 50% of the claims that we're getting here every and year. And that could be plumbing. It could be a number of other areas where water ha water source is the Correct. Issue. Right. Mm -hmm. And plumbing is like, so plumbing is a separate category that we created number five. But when you get down to number five, we've already covered water intrusion. Mm -hmm. Number five with plumbing is actually having to do with misidentification most of the time. Wow. Um, and what we mean by misidentification boring. is, you know, you said it was copper, it's PVC. Um, but wow. a lot of the times that that's happening, some of the times it, it has to do with the inspector maybe not knowing the inspector very training. Well. <laughs> Sometimes, I'm, I'm but a lot of the one. times what ends yeah. up happening mm -hmm. is, again, it's an expectation issue going in the 80% of merit list. And what I mean by that is uh, the home inspector identified copper where he could see it. And then the client does renovations That's after they buy the home and find a bunch of other types of piping through behind the wall. Or, or exactly. The life age of the age of the building would probably rate and be one of the factors that rank that for, for sure. Less, exactly. less obvious on new construction than not. And right. so mold is one of the expectations. So you, you, and you, you say that one of your main thing is set expectations for inspectors that, don't necessarily inspect for mold, and you you mentioned in the other um, uh, publication that that the inspector might have a space for initials near a mold or something specific, maybe that that's to his local that maybe homeowners are confused about. Yeah, talk, so talk about that a minute. The reason mold claims are so interesting. Um, to us is because it's the one type of specialty inspection where home inspectors who aren't performing that specialty service are more likely to receive the claim. Meaning, if you don't inspect for mold, you're more likely to get a mold claim. Um, that seems it's, super counterintuitive. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, again, the reasoning behind it is in, inappropriate expectations. We did an article um, not too long ago where we interviewed recent home buyers. And one of the things that we found from interviewing people who've purchased homes in the last year or so, these are first time home buyers, almost all of them just assumed that their home inspectors were looking for certain things, including mold. Um, so the reason it's so important to set that expectation is you really have to protect yourself against people assuming you're inspected for mold when you don't, or assuming you're gonna look for mold if they don't pay for it. Because that's another issue we run into is People mm -hmm. offer mold services. The person doesn't opt in, and then they blame them later anyway. Um. <laughs> so, so it's it, it's um just uh, uh, buyer uninformed buyers that Correct. I mean I've been asked about value before, and obviously we are not appraisers. Right. So um, I can see where that. So let me let me name these five uh, headings, these bullet points, and you. I do tell want to go back to the. I don't think I answered yeah, your original ahead. question about the right. initials. Mm -hmm. So talking about expectations and how to sure. set expectations, one of the things that we've found has been successful from a claim standpoint is when people add a clause in their pre-inspection agreement excluding mold. Now, most people have this. It's usually a laundry list of your inspection doesn't include all these things, and it lists it. The problem is sometimes that is a hard paragraph to read, or people just kind of glaze over it, and they're like, yada, 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 and skip down to the signature part. Um, what you can do to make sure you call out the specific 
services like mold that most people expect but shouldn't expect is you can add, you can make it bold. We don't inspect for mold. And then in your agreement, put a place for the client to initial right by that statement. So that and, does and that, really calls it out. Your legal department has made um, helpful comments to you to suggest that to our profession. Is that correct? Is that a so, fair statement? So, so one of the things that we do every time that we produce one of these top claims articles is first of all, we have the data that they shared with us, but I get on the phone with them every time and say, okay, what do I need to know about this allegation? What have we seen that's working and what isn't working? Mm -hmm. And then I, they're the ones that help me hand select claims that are representative of that issue mm -hmm. to publish with it. So mm -hmm. the most recent article we did, um, we revisited the top five claims on the first of the year. Um, and the example that they had me uh, use was an instance where the home inspector did mold inspections, but that client mm -hmm. didn't um, opt into it. And we have a good clip from the, the mm -hmm. email that we copied and pasted word for word sure. from the claimant sure. saying, I know I didn't buy a mold inspection, but the mold was so obvious that you should have caught it anyway. Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's really telling. Um, so I'm going to name these five bullet points and you tell me what this, you, you're probably going to recognize it right away. Keep it simple, be consistent, take lots of pictures, check for understanding and make sure you're protected. Those are five bullet points from. Uh, your, your our website. recommendations. Yeah. Our recommendations on managing risk against top allegations. So regardless yeah. of the, of which claim you're trying to prevent, those key types of elements are really going to help home inspectors mitigate their risk and avoid those risks. Right. And keeping it simple simply means? It simply means making sure that the client can understand what you're saying. Um, now, keeping it simple doesn't mean necessarily keeping it overly brief. One of the hardest 